Thursday, February 23, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. The Matildas won the Cup of Nations, some silverware last night. Five months out from the World Cup, 3-0 they beat Jamaica. And attention turns to, well, our women's T20 side tonight. They have a World Cup semi-final in South Africa. Starting at midnight, they play India. The only team that's beaten them in the past, well, nearly two years such so dominant they've been for a long time, but the Indians certainly have been their biggest competition in recent times. Week out from the start of the NRL season, and Parramatta and Melbourne next Thursday night. Melbourne more injury issues for them, more off-field dramas for the Dragons. We're a week away, Loz. Bring it on. Morning to you. Yeah, morning everybody. Um, looking forward to the start of the season. We're only a week away, as you said, Bido. Um, some teams have got injury concerns, some people have issues off the field and uh, some teams are travelling smoothly at this stage of the year, uh, going into the season well prepared and ready for a big season ahead. Uh, it's an extended season, uh, it's going to take a lot of depth, it's going to take a, uh, a lot of composure at times, uh, but I think we're in for a first class season because I think there's a couple of teams there that can surprise. I think that the Cowboys can build on what they did last year. I reckon the Roosters, with the squad that they've assembled, uh, will be definitely hard to beat. We're all talking about Penrith, whether they can win three in a row, whether Parramatta can get back to a grand final. There's so many question marks. And can the Bulldogs, the Tigers, who have recruited so well in the off-season, have better years than what they did? And I think they will, but will it be good enough to make the finals? But seven days away, Bring it on, I say. Bring it on. And tabs open more futures markets as well. And uh, over-under season win totals, particularly interested in. You can multi those up. Uh, love doing those. So uh, we might go through a few of those today and see if you think that they'll go over or under their win total. 24 games, of course, for each club. And uh, yeah, some interesting ones there we'll talk about. But Pup, morning to you, mate. Uh, Mention that T20 semi-final. Big night for... Our girls over there in South Africa. Ashton Agar is also back home as well. Morning to you. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Um, yeah, wish the girls all the best. I'm uh, very confident they will do well. Uh, they've been outstanding the entire um, World Cup or the campaign so far. So I think it'll be no different uh, in this match. And, yeah, I see Davey Warner's uh, on a plane or landed. Um, back in Sydney, and Ashton Agar also, as you mentioned, Mido, on his way home. So, yeah, still a lot of um, a lot of unanswered questions uh, in and around uh, Ashton Agar. I, I, I actually really feel for him. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if there's something else at, at play here. But the fact he was picked on the tour and has been overlooked by, um, well, really two deputants. Like, even for Australia to go two right-arm offies in that first test match, unbelievable. It just really surprised me. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what's happened with him. So I hope, first and foremost, he's okay. Um, he's healthy, he's fit, and he's okay. Um, let's see what happens when he gets home. But, yeah, there's obviously a, a bit of time before this third test match, but lots of talk in and around what Australia's eleven's going to be. And... Man, what's that? Hazelwood's come home. Warner's come home. Cummins has come home. But going back, Agar come home. Like you talk about dis- distractions. My God, I-, I don't think this tour. I don't think you could have had more distractions this tour. Yeah, it's just been. Oh, 
It's all Swepson gone. Swepson come home for the birth of his child. But th- that's why the frustrating thing about it is you go into day three there the other day in Delhi. And you know we're a massive chance to win that test match on face mm. value. And here yeah, we are definitely. now. 90 minutes later, we've lost the test. And now we've got personnel dramas like you would not believe. I saw uh, yeah. Agar... <laughs> Uh, last night, interviewed on 10 News Perth. Uh, they yeah. tracked him down as he arrived at the airport there. I'll tell you what, gee, he's taken it well with some grace. Uh, said he's got no bitterness, said he's resilient. Pointed to the fact that, you know, he's only played three Red Bull games in the last three years or thereabouts. And so, you know, it's hard for him to be expected to, I guess, uh, produce his best under, that, under those conditions what? in that format. Why did um, they pick him on the tour then? Well, that's a great question, Clarky. But this is the thing. He's at no injury issues because uh, yesterday Tony Dottomate, our chief selector, said that, well, he's going to be picked in the one-day series coming up after the test series, three one-days against India over there, and he'll be yeah. on a plane straight back over there for that part of the uh, tour. Honestly, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how... The system must have changed. That's all I can say. I've been retired for seven years. Um, I'm sure a lot changes in seven years. The the selection policy and what happens when you select a player, it, it must have changed because I cannot fathom why Ashton Agar was picked on the tour, not selected for a game. A deputant who wasn't selected on the tour, left arm orthodox, comes in, jumps him, and now Ashton Agar's sent home. Yeah, it is uh, baffling. I'm confused. It is I baffling. am absolutely confused. Craig on the text line. Morning, guys. India isn't the only team to beat the Aussie women's cricket team. Ireland uh, beat us just before the T20 World Cup oh. commenced. Craig, didn't count. Not an official game. Our batters retired. <laughs> That's not Come an official on, game <laughs> when your batters are retiring. A little hit-around warm-up there before the World Cup. But uh, India, yeah, we they, we beat them 4-1 in a series uh, in December. So they beat us in that series, 4-1 overall. And even in, uh, I think it was the gold medal match at the Com Games last year in Birmingham, we beat them by nine runs. And they had us, I think, five for 49 in that match. India are a good, India are a good team. England are a good team. Um, but the Aussies, are, yeah, I, I, again, I think this is where you get to see the class that's in that Australian team. The, the fact that it, it's normally, you know, you, anyone can lose a game. You, you don't go through your whole career not, not losing, no matter how good your team is. But in the big moments, that's when the senior players, the most, exper- most experienced players stand up. And I think you'll see that um, in the next couple of games for the Aussies. I think they lost the first game against India in the last World Cup. Here, the one yeah, here, just yeah. before COVID struck yeah, us I'm all. Pretty, I'm pretty right. sure they, they did. You're dead right, Loss. Yeah. Hmm. So there can be an upset, but the women's cricket team are one of the most successful sporting teams we've ever produced. You, yep. know, you look oh. at their record and what they've been able to achieve, and they've got some wonderful players, um, and they look as though they're getting a lot better. They've got plenty of depth, and now with the money coming into the game, into the women's game, uh, they're only going to get stronger, as will India too, by the way. You know what is going to be interesting, Loz, with this Women's World Cup? Now, the girls might get away with it because they don't play as much cricket as the men. But imagine imagine if Australia puts on a series somewhere while the Women's, World Cup, uh, while the women's IPL's on and the players then have to make a choice. So we, they've just got – let's look at Ash Gardner, for example. Mm. 500 grand for a three-week tournament. What does she do if oh, the Australian – isn't it? If the Australian women's team's playing against England. Mm. Oh, well, 
Yeah. The scheduling <laughs> right. needs to be yeah. uh, worked out and worked out. To leave that an to leave open that, period. Yes. Yeah. Yep. To leave that period where they're going to play the women's I, you know, IPL. IPL. They've got to like leave, they do with the leave that where it is and yep. schedule everything else around it because you yeah, don't want these girls put under that pressure of deciding. Because yep. if they decide to go to the IPL, you can only imagine the criticism they'll receive. But yeah. you can't blame them because they're going to earn more money in that tournament for three weeks' work than what they would be earning a contract for Australia. Yep. Dollar twenty-two with Tab tonight. That's midnight that starts. Uh, India $4.20 in that market with Tab for that semi-final. 24 hours later, it's England, also $1.22, and South Africa $4.20 in their match. Um, now, Laws, a week out from this NRL season opener, uh, more injuries for the Melbourne Storm. So Tui Kamakamitha, he suffered a foot injury in the warm-up before the match against the Warriors last weekend, out for up to six weeks. And Dean Iremia, uh, their young outside back, done his ACL uh, against the Warriors. So gone for the season. They did name Christian Welch the captain. Uh, was made official yesterday. He'll have Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, and Jerome Hughes all as his deputies. I think that's a pretty shrewd selection. Uh, Christian Welch coming off that... Uh, of course, missing uh, pretty much all of last season uh, with injury as well. But uh, just, gee, I'll tell you what, they're, they're starting to look a bit thin in some parts of their squad heading into round one. Yeah, it's not where you want to be at the start of the year. You want to make sure you've got every player available. But, you know, Iremia, he was going to be a fill-in style of player. He wasn't going to be in their starting 13. Mm. Um, but they've lost a lot of experience in their forward pack. They do get Ashton Sims. I don't Tarek. Ashton Sims, Tarek Sims mm. uh, back. Um, and he'll most likely be available in round one. They unearthed a... Oh, he looked to be an exciting player, uh, Will Warbrick, yeah. uh, in the trial. Um, he, he played uh, really well against the Warriors, so I'm expecting him to line up there on the wing. Uh, they've got Pappenhausen missing for the start of the season. Uh, they're taking on a Parramatta side, though, who have been decimated with back rowers, uh, injuries with their back rowers. Um, they won't have the same impact uh, early in the season without them. Um, I think some of these games over the first couple of weeks of the competition will be difficult to pick. There's always upsets. Um, and to be fair, I think Melbourne are favourites in round one against Parramatta. But a bit like you, I can understand. I can't understand why there'd be a bigger price difference between the two. Well, I don't just, know whether it's shifted. Well, it? yeah, just all week, Paris just continued just to trim up a bit. I'm sure they're around. Parramatta are a very well-supported team. They Definitely. always support... Parramatta. People, mm. And if they're at decent odds, people will just have a nibble mm. on them. They're a big supporter base. Uh, Melbourne, I think this will be tighter, uh, depending on you know, what the teams are. But I, I think that'll be a closer market before kickoff. I think Parra were around $2.50 uh, early in the week, late last week. They're now $2.15. Uh, mm. Melbourne seventy with Tab. The line there, a thin two and a half. Parra the plus for that one. Mm. But... Uh, wonder whether the supporters, Loz mentioned, will keep coming for Parra there, and that could start closer to a pick even. Pauper to Prince, headline back page, Daily Telegraph. Cooper earns new shot at big time after playing for a 1000 bucks a week, so it looks like uh, Cooper Johns, son of Matty Johns, of course, is set to be added to that 30-man squad at Manly after impressing in his train and trial deal over the summer after he left the Melbourne Storm. Probably didn't get a great read on him in his time there at the Storm there, Loz. But uh, with Josh Schuster out, and uh, he's gone pretty well in the trials, looks like Cooper Johns is going to get an opportunity 
in uh, this game against the Bulldogs in round one at Brookvale? Yeah, it's a fair call. Um, you know, down there in Melbourne, he didn't get too many opportunities, but every time he did, he seemed to have handled it okay. You'd think coming up here to Manly, uh, tough off-season, um, you know, would have learnt a lot down there being a part of that system under Craig Bellamy. Um, and I think this will be the season, if he's going to make it, then to really kick on. Um, you know, he's been good in the trials. He gets an opportunity with Schuster now being out. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out with a calf injury for, but it, it's a good opportunity for him uh, because if he, if he nails it um, and Schuster's out for a, a period, Schuster's got that utility value as well. So he might be able to force him onto the bench, but Schuster um, yeah, looks fit. He looks healthy. Uh, he's got so many tricks in his bag. He's very talented. So it'll be a good player to keep him out of the starting 13. Uh, also on the back page of the telly, $60 million surplus. NRL's big bucks is deal nears. So they've put out their financial uh, results yesterday. The game's in rude health. Gee, it's a long time, it feels like now, since the game's in grave danger uh, when COVID hit. Uh, 60 plus million dollar surplus loss. Great turnaround, isn't it? You know, the game is looking to build assets to protect itself in case something like this, God forbid it, never happening again, or if it does happen again, uh, they've got some um, money in the bank and some income flowing through. But um, it was dire straits there when COVID hit. Um, so well done to the team at the NRL for being able to, to deliver this news to the game. Uh, but with delivering of that news, I'm sure the Players Association would have been rubbing their hands as well. Oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, now, also back page of the telly, Tour of Woe. Agar joins the Exodus from India. Back page of the Australian, Agar joins Exodus from Indian Fiasco uh, in the headline there. And uh, we mentioned earlier he's home. He's back in Perth for the moment. But uh, Tony Dottermade, Chief Selector, says he will be picked in the squad for the three one-day internationals. Coming up after the Test Series, will Ashton Agar. Uh, David Warner's also set to be picked in that squad, which is going to be announced today. And this is after he obviously has to rehab his elbow back home. And he's back, so he misses the last two Test matches to rehab that and then go on in the one-day series. But Josh Hazelwood won't be in the ODI squad. That uh, must be a pretty nagging Achilles injury. And uh, Dotter made saying yesterday his priority will certainly be being ready for the winter tours in the UK, the Ashes. Of course, he's played three of his last six of the last sixteen tests now. Hazelwood pup. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're doing now. He, Josh is focused heavily on uh, certainly twenty twenty cricket and one day cricket to be a part of that Australian World Cup team and um, you know to do well over in the IPL. I think his focus will switch right now to even if he doesn't play. IPL or other uh, one day or 2020 cricket for Australia to just focus on this Asher series. I think that's where Josh, that's where Australia really need him over in England. I think he can be as dangerous as anyone in those conditions if he gets it right. So they'll want him fit and healthy. I think probably Hazelwood, Boland, um, Paddy Cummins is going to be an interesting one. I'm not sure. Did he, is Paddy, did Paddy pull, Paddy might have pulled out of the IPL. Oh, I can't remember. Can't I think, remember. I think, I think he might, might have pulled right. out of the IPL. So, again, those three quicks particularly, and Starkey what doesn't go to the IPL. So, the four guys are going to have, you know, a good opportunity to freshen up after this Indian series. Um, well, not that they've been a part of this Indian series at this stage, apart from Paddy Cummins, to get ready for the Ashes. So, I think that helps Australia a lot, that those four guys are... 
uh, will be you know at home practicing with the red ball, not playing in the IPL to risk getting injured. Um, but Hazelwood, yeah, of course, he's had side strain. Um, now he's got this Achilles, and he, he's he's a, he's a very very handy bowler over in those conditions in the UK. So we need him fit and healthy. You're right. Cummins not playing in the IPL. He yeah. announced that uh, back so in November. So that's all four quicks. Now our top four fast bowlers um, won't be in the IPL in the lead up to England. So that's what I'm saying. I know, you know, we haven't played well this series. If we can get something out of it. Um, in these next two test matches. Uh, but I do believe we will perform better over in England because, again, our fast bowlers are uh, a strike weapon for us. Um, they will be fit and healthy and ready to rock, and hopefully our batting does better in England conditions than it has done so far in Indian conditions. Uh, now, another story here in uh, some racing laws, and, gee, we've got a great day ahead on Saturday. Uh, chip tab chipping Norton in Sydney surround stakes a couple of Group Ones and uh, you've got those Group Ones down in Melbourne in at Sandown as well the Futurity gee that looks a good race I'm thunderstruck and Alligator Blood three fifty each at two and of course we've got NMO and In Secret the favourites here for our Group Ones in Sydney but uh, under the headline shock flop not in his nature Ray Thomas in the Telegraph Waller to have good look at Star before call on future Nature Strip. Racing future is uncertain, reading this article from Ray Thomas. So the champ has returned to Chris Waller's Sydney stable this morning and is going to be monitored over the next few days, of course, going for an unprecedented fourth straight TJ Smith. We saw the great Chautauqua win three in a row. Nature Strips won three in a row as well, looking for four. Uh, But uh, that effort first up was, you know, probably his worst run in a long time. In fact, his third straight defeat which is his longest losing run for three years. I mean, mm. considering the you know, quality sprinters we have, that's an imperious record. But maybe, depending on how he's sort of looking in the stables, Chris Waller will know better than anyone. There's probably a chance this could do it. And, and, well, he's again, a nine-year-old. He's that's nine the thing. Year old. And I reckon that trip to Royal Ascot, where we went over there and brained them, by the way. Mm. Don't forget that. It's hard to come back from those trips, especially well, as they get like older. Like any sportsman or sportswomen, once you get age on your side, you can fall pretty quickly. You know, you just don't have the same enthusiasm for the game as you did when you were younger. And I'm assuming that happens with horses as well. Um, Chris Waller has said that Nature Strip was 5 to 10% below his best. And... James McDonald basically said the same thing. He said he tried his heart out, but he always goes down fighting. Uh, there's no doubt he was well below his best in the Lightning. Nature Strip a year ago would never have let a horse pass him or get to the 400 or get him at the 400. He said he feels a million dollars and is working well, but he's a quick horse and it's always going to work. But I think Chris is right. He said he is off 10% at the moment. On the text line, Cara from Forestville. Apologies, boys. I won't be able to make the lunch tomorrow. Got my first trial on Saturday for the Forestville Ferrets. I'm making a comeback to rugby league, age 54. I need to sort out a few of these young blokes who are talking tough. We're playing the Chroma Kingfishers. Good on you. Cara from Forestville, 54, a comeback. There's some inspo for you, Loz. I tell you what, Cara from Forestville, uh, let me know how you pulled up on Monday morning because I reckon you'll be pretty sore. Geez, that's a good effort at 54 oh, to run around with the young fellas. And the other one, I would say, I know you want to sort out a few of those young blokes. The young blokes these days are quite big and strong, so be careful. It's a dangerous world out there, Cara. Ooh. 
Uh, we got one more double pass to give away for the lunch today as well. Quizmaster Loz, I'm sure he's all over it. One more to give away for the big day tomorrow. And uh, I'm sure you can still get a late ticket. AustralianTurfClub.com.au. Oh, well, you may as well try because I've just given the website out. So go for gold. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. There's more Champions League on this morning as well. Round of 16, first leg. And Inter, Inter Milan, they're hosting Porto. And Inter with Tab, $1.70. Porto, $5.00. The draw, three fifty. dollars uh, Manchester City travelling to play Red Bull Leipzig. And City, $1.85. Leipzig, $4.00 at home. The draw, $3.50. All those markets open with Tab for that one. Last night, though, the Matildas, they clinched the Cup of Nations, 3 0 they beat Jamaica there in Newcastle. Katrina Gorry, Alex Chidiak, and Caitlin Ford scored in their seventh straight victory. So great performance by the Matildas. A bit of silverware for them. Five months out for the World Cup. I mentioned that uh, just as far as the NRL is concerned, Tab has opened uh, more futures under overseason win totals. Where's the Bulldogs? The Bulldogs, 11 and a half. So last year, the Bulldogs won seven games, and it's set at 11 and a half, Loz. Can they win five more games Ooh. this year? Um, that's right on the edge, isn't it? So I, I, I see the Bulldogs being one of those teams, everything going their way, they'll play finals. I, I don't think too much can go wrong. I think they'll improve as the season goes on with their combinations, and they start to bed down what their coach, new coach wants from them. Uh, so 11, I'm, yeah, I think they can get 11. Well, so, they, what, 12, 12, 12 to go you, over. 12 gets you... Does 12 make your final? No, well, I'm just looking at the ladder last year. and I, Well, I mean, it's interesting with the ladder, because the year before, remember, the Titans made it, and they were 10 and 14. That's right. Whereas last year, the Raiders were 8th, and Souths were seventh. They were both 14 wins, 10 losses. And then you had the Broncos with a winning record, 13 and oh, 11. So you had to, make, and they you missed had to win out. 14 games last year. The Dragons, 12 and 12. But the year before, you had to win 10. So it's hard to predict. Yeah. But you'd, you'd be wanting to at least get to you know a winning record, well, 13 and 11. Yeah, you get to 11, you're a chance of playing finals in. That's, a, that's what that suggests. I think it'll be a tighter comp because I think there'll be a lot of upsets this year. Mm. Because I, I see it being a bit more even than what it was last year. There was a you know, standout last year in Penrith, and Parramatta went on a, on a bit of a tear there during the season. Cowboys surprised everyone. Sharks were very consistent. So um, I, I think I think it will be tight. Geez, eleven games. You're putting me on the spot. I'll say eleven and a half. So they got to win twelve over oh, under. Jeez, no under. Pup Bulldogs. Do they win 12 games this year? No. They've just written you off. <laughs> written you off. <laughs> Grubby, how are you, mate? It's morning. Oh, what's new, boys? What's new? <laughs> don't be, come on, don't be doing that. 12 games? We'll win 12 straight from the start. <laughs> <laughs> 12's a lot. 12's a lot. But it's interesting, isn't it, uh, Joshy? Because we you know, looked at the ladder from two years ago. You only needed 10 to make the finals, yet... Last year, it was 14 wins. So, and I think it'll be tight this year. I I think everyone will beat each other. I don't think there's as many standout sides as there was last year. And Penrith, in particular, last year was just a standout. 
I think they've come back to the field a bit. Yeah, you're right, Liza. I suppose when you look at, um, well, especially ten games, if you when you look at it at the start of the year and you're like, yeah, you know, ten games is fairly gettable. But mm. then, yeah, I suppose you get into the the brink of the the season and the highs and the lows and you know form and slumps and stuff. It's um, yeah, it it is very it is a very very close comp this year, Loz. And you know, I know one thing we went up against. You know, probably one of the the top teams on the weekend in the Sharks, and you know they were very good. They um, they probably we we were with them in the first twenty, I think, and then you know sort of slipped away for not long. We only had a little ten minute period where they went bang bang, and I suppose after that the good teams just kick away. And I suppose as a new team for us, was at, at the Dogs, I think we just got to learn not to have those little little periods and. Um, just keep grinding and grinding because that's what we're going to have to do if we do want to, you know, get those wins and and be near, I suppose, the eight or, or the four towards the back end of the year. How long do you reckon it will take or does it take, you know, when you get a new coach in place, learning different systems and what they're actually after and, you know, you've got a change of personnel on the playing field as well. When, when do you expect, the dogs, obviously you want to do it in round one, and if you do it in round one and you know exceeded expectations, well, that's great. But when do you think it'll all be bedded in and everyone is all on the same page and it starts to flow on a weekly basis? It is quite hard, Lods. Um, especially, um, you know, Ciro's brought a fairly new defensive system uh, to the dogs, um, and it's obviously... Has already worked at, at Penrith, and you know they're one of the best defensive teams in the comp. But even me personally, there's a few, I suppose, little uh, attributes as a half that um, that that you have to. We're trying to make make them become first nature because um, it's just little little things. Even you know with McKenna not not giving any any cues to the defence and yeah. and making sure that that we're all on the same page and. You might think you're doing the right thing, but that's that was right in in the old process. But in the new process, it's not right. Mm. So it is hard to gel, and it, it's a constant, I suppose, uh, learning process at training, uh, making sure everyone's on the same page. And I think a lot of it with, with a new system is about constructive uh, criticism, because a lot of the time you go back and you know on the field you might have a quick chat, but if you just can go up to each other and say, "Look, mate, that, that's not in our new system." Mm. Uh, and, and taken on on board, it, it always and it's helps. difficult too because muscle memory because you've learnt one system for so long, and you know in particular a guy like yourself, you know you've been in different systems, but when you think you've know what you're doing, and then someone completely changes what you've been taught, it, it, it takes a long time because under pressure, that's what you revert back to. I actually had a um, a good chat with. Uh, Ciro at the start of the year was about that exact thing in the, in the fact of you know we're doing reps upon reps upon reps and I just kept doing the same thing uh, and Ciro said look mate don't don't be too hard on yourself because out of everyone here you've probably got you know the most muscle memory out of, out, mm. out of anyone in doing the same thing and I was actually getting quite frustrated at one time because I was just like why can't I just you know in the moment change but you know, slowly, 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 yeah. week after week, um, you know, you, I suppose your mind and, and your body just gets used to the new movement and 
and then I'd go home and make sure I, I watch the video. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I actually am going up a little bit square, or you know, I'm not biting in as much. So, yeah, it, it is a long process, mate. But I think us as a team um, are definitely gelling. But but there's still plenty more to go. Joshy, how have you enjoyed your role, buddy, uh, at the Dogs? And do you think you're likely to play that same role in round one? Yeah, Clark, it's been great, mate. Uh, I've sort of said from the start that, you know, whatever role it is, I'm happy to do, even though, you know, I was on the bench for about uh, 50 minutes on the weekend and I was a nervous wreck. I didn't know what to (laughs) think about. And as you said, it's so different and there's so much nervous energy. And I've got, you know, people yelling at the yelling at me from the back from Belmore and Reynolds, why aren't you going on? I don't think people understand that I can't just walk up and go on sometimes. But, but, um, but no, um, for around one Clark here, I'm not too sure, mate. Um, I'm not too sure what my role will be, whether that'll be, you know, in grade or, or playing reserve grade. But whatever that is, I just want to, you know, I, I feel I had a um, an okay trial period. Um, you know, I've, I'd like my fitness to get a little bit better and, as I said, you know, as long as it fixed up a few little things, uh, whether I've got myself around one spot, I'm not too sure. But either way, mate, I just want to keep getting better and, and just, you know, hopefully can get, get up there and, and enjoy some footy at the top sooner or later. Describe that feeling, though, Josh, running onto Belmore, then bagging a meat pie for yourself as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, honestly, you know, it's, it, it, it's one of the... The greatest feelings you know, I, I've had in my career, and they both come at that unbelievable ground. It's um, it's very, very hard to explain, boys. Like honestly, I I, I get quite embarrassed uh, about it because you know the the boys get into me and in a good way, obviously. But it's yeah, it, it's I, I don't really like it. I suppose all being about me and everyone sort of yelling out for me at, at times, but then I sort of sit back and and think, you know, it's it's quite, it's something that I'll remember forever. And um, I'd sort of like to think they do that, not just for, I suppose, my footy, but um, I, I've given them, our fans, the, the time of day when, when they have come up to me and, and have conversations. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a special, it's a special moment and, you know, my family were there, my friends were there, my fiance was there. It's it's something that I can can put in the bank, and yeah, I don't know how I got that bounce. I think it's called the Belmore bounce. You know, I, I only get in there. I don't get him anywhere else. <laughs> and, and just you, you coach Cameron Seraldo. I mean, you beat the Raiders. You lost to the Sharks, obviously, on the weekend. Trials are trials, as we know. But how did he react to the performance? Because you were well beaten. Yeah, yeah, we were today. He, he, you know, he didn't panic. Um, he sort of said, "Look, boys, it is a trial, but you know, we've got to go back this week. It's a good week, I suppose, with no footy being played on the weekend to, to go back and have a really, really good look at the little details that we didn't get right." Um, I said it before, Cronulla are going to be up there, yeah, definitely in in the top four for me. But that doesn't take away from you know the little the little things that we didn't do. Um, we thought we were in the grind for the first 20 minutes. Uh, but then, yeah, as I said before, we slipped away and probably a couple of little areas um, where I think a few of the boys just want to work on. We thought our effort was good. We thought, you know, all our little areas, our, our, our kick chase and our um, kick pressures and that were, were really good. But, but there's a bit of execution and 
Um, going back to what we spoke about with Loz, our, our communication, you know, uh, as a spine, you know, when I come on, we, we we sort of had a couple of sets there where we didn't go, you know, to the right areas of the field where we wanted to. So, you know, it, it, it was okay, you know, but, yeah, we, we've had a big week of uh, review and, and made sure um, we're going to be ready for, for next week at Bookvale, which is going to be a very, very tough um, game for us. How does Cameron handle the build-up to round one? Uh, Joshy, does he put a lot of effort in this week and then taper you down next week, or is it sort of ease up this week and build it up going into that first round game against Manly? Well, the one thing with Sarah that I that I um, you know, noticed and you know I actually really like about him is every training session is an opportunity to get better. Um, you know, we've come in, we've 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 recovered, but you know for these. For the next two days, sorry. So yesterday and today, we've 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 had quite big sessions, but not not big in a sense of you know fitness or whatever. It's just about you know, as I said, working on what we didn't do last week, but doing a little bit on what I suppose we we're going to come up against um, in Manly. Uh, he's very very calm. Uh, I was having a word to him last week about. It. I said, mate, you know, to get nervous of your games, and he's like, nah, mate, I, I do all the work before, and then you know, it's, it's up to you boys. So. Yeah, um, not not a not a massive week, Oz, but it's more just probably getting information, um, going out practicing on the training field, getting the reps in, and then I suppose we we got tomorrow off, which will be good, uh, and then heading back in on Monday for for a it's it's a first week, Oz, uh, really, because we haven't really done a, a proper game week. Um, that Zero said the trials weren't exactly the how we'll do it in game week, so yeah. yeah. It'd be different for everyone, mate, but everyone's all excited and, yeah, it'll be a good week. Now, if you do play at Brookvale next week, if you're in that 17, do you reckon the fans there at Manly might have some long memories from uh, the, uh, <laughs> what was the penalty you milked? Was it Glenn Stewart all those years ago? Do you reckon, you, what, what reckon the reception you get, <laughs> you'll get there at Brookie? Well, yeah, so I, well, you said milk there, you know, I, I thought we... We've had a word about this before. I was, I was put in a dangerous position. <laughs> 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 oh, look, mate, I'm not going to lie. It's probably the most hostile, hostile place I go to because they have got very, very long memories. And it's a bit of an awkward one because, you know, you walk out of the sheds and eat to warm up and they, they pull that. There's a, there's sort of a gate or, or like a, a roller gate to get out and sometimes they don't pull it so they can just come up to you and say whatever they want or do whatever they want so I sort of quickly quickly sprint through to get to the field to make sure they can't get to me but uh, yeah some, some good memories probably not for the Manly fans or that Manly team but thanks for bringing that up you know I think have you told it on air before Grubby about uh, it must have been just after that incident where you came into the Origin team and they, they brushed you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was shock. 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 Yeah, still to this day, mate. I, you know, I'd like to consider him a mate, but there's still that little bit. There's a little bit. Of Just give a quick there. rundown of what happened, like when you turned up. So we were there as an Origin team, and we, we were in out for a bonding <laughs> session. And Grub, Grub sort of. Did it happen the previous week? Did it or two weeks before? It was. It wasn't long before. Yeah, it was a, it was a couple of weeks before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so Grubby turns up and he reckons it was just a frosty relationship <laughs> straight up. He went to shake hands. They wouldn't shake hands. I had to sort oh, it out. I was that nervous as well because I was just coming to camp and, you know, like you're a bit nervous. That really know all the boys and 
and they have gone up. Hey, yeah, hey, a chalk, hey, yo, mate. He goes, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Not over a couple of weeks ago. And I said, all right, mate, no worries. No worries. We'll sort it out. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Ten days later, we'll be sweet. <laughs> well, mate, you, uh, you have a good uh, well, weekend, I suppose, getting ready for next week. Oh, I think we might even see you tomorrow. So, mate, we'll chat next week, hopefully, and hopefully we see you in the 17 for round one. Thanks, boys. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, what do we got on the text line here? Zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Got to wrap the Matildas. Went to the game in Newcastle last night. After the game, uh, the girls walked around for a good half hour, signing autographs, getting selfies, and throwing boots, jerseys, anything they could into the crowd. Couldn't wipe the smile off my little girl's face last night. Says Newy Mick. Yeah, great stuff, and uh, they're one of the most popular teams in Australian sport. I'm going to uh, cause a bit of controversy here, Mido. Go for it. All right. If you're picking the Australian cricket team or the women's soccer team, which would be more popular? At the moment, we well, we see the text messages we get about the Australian cricket team. No, no, no. As in women's. Yeah, I know. Yep. Oh, the, women's the, cricket the team. The women's cricket team or the Matildas? Matildas. Oh, jeez. Women's cricket team or the Matildas? I think the Matildas. Would be what? More popular? Yeah. I think so. I, I think... The thing they've got as well is Sam Kerr, and like she, she's got that global sort of profile yeah, as well. Because I think with the cricket at the who's moment, who's been the more successful, or who's the more liked? No, I think they're just liked, popular. Yeah, probably Matildas. But I mean, because it's chalk, but... Sam Kerr would have to be like if you think of Meg Lanning versus Sam Kerr, Sam Kerr would have to be in the top three most popular Australian athletes currently mm. for sure. Yep, have to be. Mm. If most well-recognised, most well-spoken about, most well-liked. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think, I think they would be. I, I think they'd be the most well-liked women's sporting team here in Australia. And, and the cricketers have got a better record. The cricketers have been outstanding and won more tournaments than the Matildas, but I think they'd be more popular than Matildas. No, I think you're right there, Loz. Uh, Laurie Middle-Clarkey, this time last year, my mate Byron won the quiz and scored two free tickets to the Big Sports Breakfast Luncheon at Luna Park. I'd like to confirm that Byron and I won't be able to make it this year because I'm getting married Friday night. Uh, good luck to the contestants this year because I think they'll need it after I heard Laurie running the quiz yesterday, says the Red Hot Rooster, <laughs> sending that one through. Red Hot Rooster and Byron, um, all the best for tomorrow. Is it Byron getting married or Red Hot Rooster? Uh, no, it must be Red Hot Rooster. Might be marrying each other, Loz. Oh, they might be too. Mm. I'm getting be. married Friday night, he says, the Red Hot Rooster. Oh, good mm. work, Red Hot Rooster. Well, Byron will celebrate like it's his wedding anyway. Yes. So same, same, but different. I haven't been to a wedding for a while. Well. Weren't you on the oh, dance actually, floor I was there two weeks ago. Weeks yeah, ago. I was. At yeah. the races. <laughs> didn't feel like a wedding. It felt like a party. <laughs> I've got... Photo and evidence of you uh, tearing it up at that said wedding. Well, I want to go to another one. That's how good a time I had. Well, Mido's not far away. You, am I? Oh, you can be my plus there. one on, on Saturday. Try Emma. Yeah. Oh, who's in. getting married? Uh, a couple of old colleagues of mine, actually. Fair enough. Old school friend, Mido. No, no <coughs> old, uh, old Fox Sports colleagues, actually. God bless them. Uh, the Matildas, 3-0 last night in the Cup of Nations over Jamaica. So they've won that silverware. Katrina Gorry, Alex Chidiak, Caitlin Ford, all scoring in their seventh straight victory there last night. 
Elsewhere in football news, uh, in the A-League men's, huge blow for MacArthur, their captain, Ulysses de Villa. Gone for the season. The Mexican had surgery yesterday for a torn meniscus, and they got a big game against the Wanderers of Derby. The Southwest slash Western Sydney Derby there, uh, Saturday night at Combank Stadium, 4th v 8th, and there's only four points separating them on the ladder. And Tab has the Wanderers $1.75 for pronounced favourites for that game. MacArthur $4.50. The draw is paying $3.80. Some more of these season win totals over under. And I mentioned the Melbourne Storm earlier, Loz. uh, The name Christian Welch, the captain. Munster, Grant Hughes, his deputies. But uh, the news that Tui Kamakamitha suffered a foot injury in the warm-up last weekend, out for up to six weeks. And Dean Iremia, a young outside back, did his ACL against the Warriors as well, gone for the season. They're over under is 15 and a half. So this is open, by the way. If you go to NRL Futures on your Tab Apple website and look for NRL regular season wins, and you can multi these up to I'm all but certain. Um, so the Melbourne Storm is set at 15 and a half wins. Last season, the Storm won 15 games. So you're basically betting, are they better or worse off than last year and of course they had significant injuries last year they've got some injuries around the squad to start this season but they're big guns there when you look at their squad as well outside of Pappenhausen and Ola oh jeez um, I, I think Melbourne will make the finals but but I don't think I'll have them in my top four okay so you're probably going to go the under 15 so, yeah under 15 because mm. losing Pappenhausen who I think will be back end of the season rather than at the start of the year. That's a massive blow. Lost all that experience in the forward pack. So these young blokes will get an opportunity and, you know, it might take them a, a while to feel comfortable in the setting. Um, then you've got Justin Ollum going to be out. They've got a bit of, um, you know, injury concerns with their depth out wide. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Melbourne, I think they'll be under this year. Pup. Melbourne, over under 15 and a half. Under. I agree. I reckon they're definitely in the eight, though. They're definitely playing finals. Mm. Yeah, I'd have them in the finals. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Yeah, I agree. But if they get their best team on the paddock and they get to the finals, I think they're a chance. The ones Pappenhausen was, I reckon. I I just reckon, like, he's always been important, but he's gone... Under the radar is probably not the right word the last couple of years, but when the big fish were there and when he was, you know, even after a few of them left, he still wasn't, I don't know, he still wasn't as significant as I reckon he is now in that team. I think he's, he's as big as, oh, you talk about any of the big three in, yeah. in all the teams, he's one of those big three now at Melbourne for sure. Oh, well, he plays on the ball so well. He's got yeah. plenty of energy. And any half break, he's a great support player. He turns a half break into a four-pointer. And he pushes into space as well as any fullback in the game. This uh, is the thing's going to be interesting. Do you reckon he would lose? He'll lose any of that speed because that because again he's only little, but yeah. he's so quick, Loz. Yeah, that, that's what makes the difference between him and other players. He accelerates into the hole, and because he's not big, he relies yeah. on that speed to break the tackle. Whereas a Tommy's got speed, but he's got that brute power, strength yeah. as well and the power, so he can break the tackles. Does he lose any speed with yeah. his knee? Well, it's going to be interesting because. I, I can't recall too many players having this injury, a shattered kneecap. Mm-hmm. And it was shattered in a lot of pieces. So 
putting that back together would be an art in itself. And then just the mental capacity to overcome that. And you're going to be training. You're going to be feeling sore. You're going to doubt yourself whether you can get back to top speed. That's why I think it'll take a lot longer for him to be 100%, if he ever is going to be 100% again. Just got a feeling that the round one hoodoo or the round one record of the Melbourne Storm might be, be broken. broken. you reckon? Uh, morning, Gowie. A week out. Confidence levels, mate? Uh, uh, well, fairly high. It's the beginning of the season. And it's, it's finally the NRL listened to me. Put Parramatta on a Thursday night, first game, so I don't have to wait any longer. Finally, after all these years. There you go. I'm sure you'll be setting up camp, no doubt about that. Hey, $2.15 is too short. We know Craig Bellamy comes up with players with no names that just turn up and become superstars. Remember Pappenhausen? He couldn't make it into the Tigers side and and then shifted to there, and now he's a superstar. Yeah. Please. Yeah. T, who's a superstar and a legend, the great Tiger Woods returned, made the cut, finished one under, I think tied for 45th. What did you make of his performance at the Genesis Invitational won by John Rahm last week? Yeah, it was good. He actually had some really good ball striking days and, and some off-putting days, which is not normal for him. That's what he practices the most. But I guess he can't stand there for hours on end practicing his putting with uh, you know with his legs and his back and everything. So it's it's sort of... You know, probably 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off type of uh, putting. But short game and sharpness, you can't get that at home. You've got to get that on the golf course. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a couple of runs short of being, you know, sort of ready. So I'll be interested to see his preparation for the Masters. He's made it known uh, that he will be playing the Masters. That meant tickets went up. How about that? Cost price for a ticket to the Masters is uh, over 3000 US dollars a day. <laughs> On the back of Tiger Woods playing, it was probably close to four or five. So if you're thinking of going, uh, yeah, you better get in quick and you're playing. You're paying plenty and I'm sure there's no accommodation left. Gowie, listening to Tiger's press conference afterwards, he was pretty honest around how hard it is just to get back on the course. Like he was talking about, um, you know, he's pretty much sleeping in ice the entire night. Um, he said it's so hard physically just to be able to get out there and then the obviously mentally to to keep wanting to do this. I, I don't know. I guess it's probably the first time I've heard him talk about exactly what has to go into getting onto the course. And, it, man, he can't do this for long. Like, it just seems it's just so draining mentally as well as physically just before you even, you know, tee off just to get out there. Yeah, well, yeah, just to get out there. And then when you're out there, like he, he finishes his round and he doesn't really hit balls anymore unless he's searching for stuff. He heads straight to the car. He actually, they put back the passenger seat to flat. And he puts on this special boot that's it's full of ice. So he's got a team there getting the ice ready. They put it in the boot straight away. That goes all the way up his leg, over his knee. Yeah. and he lies there in it on and off for hours on end. And, you know, I've been told he gets, you know, three to four hours sleep a night, especially, you know, the Masters week. Uh, it's it's big. He has no engagements. He just goes to the golf course and goes home and pretty much, uh, you know, does the best of recovery that he possibly can. So, yeah, you're right, Clarkie. He, you can't keep doing this. And I know he's only going to do it four or five times a year, but you can't keep putting yourself through it. Yeah. The age that he's in... We all don't want him to go. From the golfing world, like yeah. the eyeballs that were on him last week was ridiculous. Ratings went through the roof on Fox uh, and all the CBS, all the networks around the world. But 
the fact is we'd love to see him win one more great fairy tale but i think the fairy tale was in 2019 when he won the masters yeah yeah, yeah. that was a huge effort to there so yeah. it's amazing yeah the just the interest that he creates around the tournament like i've played that tournament at the genesis invitational many many times and when tiger's not there it's yeah, it's just a normal tournament, but when he's there, it's it's the tournament. Yeah, talking of fairy tales and creating the tournament, I reckon if his young bloke ever turns out to be pretty good, which more than likely he will, I, I Too reckon Too late, that, he's good now. Yeah, well, I reckon that'll create a lot of eyeballs on, on uh, golf yeah. as well. Uh, some good news for Cam Smith and some live golf tour players, Gowie. Yeah, finally the RNA. So they're the ones that run the Open Championships. Have said that, that all live players are allowed. Yeah, they are players. They are humans, and they have qualified. Yeah, it'd be hard for them not to say that Cam Smith can't play. He's defending champion. It was never going to happen. It, all they'll have to do is change the criteria of how you qualify. And you know, currently the best way to do it, if they don't want the live players to play, is through world ranking points. Uh, that'll be the easiest way they they stop them from playing. But there's no reason to stop them playing. I keep saying all they're doing is playing on another golf tour. They're not playing on the moon, and they're not they're not playing anything different than another golf tournament. So why should they be stopped? Um, if the criteria is if they they change the you know the format in the live tour and they play four rounds, they'll give them world ranking points and then they're off again. So. There's no reason why any of these majors would stop them, and they won't. They won't. The Augusta, you know, they obviously the first major of the year. They they made it perfectly known that if you qualify, you're in. So qualifications might be harder, but let's wait and see. Hopefully, common sense prevails here, and these the best players in the world. And I've got to say, the, all these the live stuff and the PGA Tour stuff is between them two. It's the majors set separately to the uh, to the PGA Tour. So you know, keep that in mind. So the four majors only want the best players in the world. And if you haven't got uh, Dustin Johnson and Ken Smith and Patrick Reed in your and Bryson DeChambeau, if you haven't got them in your field, you haven't got the best field. Speaking of the Live Tour, we've got the first event of 2023 in Mexico this weekend. Do you like anyone in particular there, Gowie? Yeah, I do, and I like what Tab's done. They've put a few different type of markets out uh, where you've got a Quinella, so they're matching different players with... Well, they're matching all the players with each other, and it's uh, whether you can pull up the Cornella and some nice little odds in there. But I'm this golf course, which I've played in Maricopa in uh, Mexico a number of times. This is where they do play a tour event there too. So uh, that golf course is getting nice and gritty and playing uh, a couple of events around there. So it's a straight hitters golf course. It does get windy. I like Abraham Answer at nine dollars. Uh, he's pretty short, but it's only a forty-eight man field. And let's face it, you know you're probably not going to see Ian Pole too. And guys like that that are at the end of their careers probably win these type of events. Uh, so the younger guys like an answer, like a Kem Smith, uh, you know, this is right up their alley. They've got uh, Minto Piera, who has, has changed over to there, Sebastian Munzo, who, who have now gone to live tour. So it's actually starting to take shape through nationalities, through different countries, different mates that are all playing in the same team. So... It'll be interesting. Young Jed Morgan goes into the Australian side with well, with Matt Jones uh, and Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith. And Cameron Smith is the, the owner of that team, or he's 25% uh, owner of that team. So he'll pick his team, and that's his team. So let's wait and see what happens. Domestically, what tournament is happening at the Hunter Valley this week? 
Yeah, this is the last tournament players series, uh, which is that series that the men and women play together. They're in the same tournament, two different tees, and they've got the all ability. So uh, it'll be all on Fox Sports on Saturday, Sunday. It's at Hunter Valley. And there's a couple of interesting players that are playing this week. Um, Rian Gibson, uh, who I didn't mention last week, who won a couple of weeks ago on the Corn Ferry. He's headed back to the PGA Tour. He's come home after three years. He's from Lismore. He's come home to see all the friends and family on the Gold Coast and Lismore, and he's decided to have a game of golf in between. He's one of those golfing junkies who just plays wherever he can, and it's great that he's, he, he's put up his hand to play this week, along with Nick Flanagan, who lives in the US, who won the Cathedral Invitation at the end of last year. Has a limited schedule here because it's a bit of a bit of a trip to come and play down under. Uh, so he's back, and you know it's a good, strong field, and all these young guys. I uh, get a chance to play David Michalusi, who won last week. He ran down Daniel Gale in the final round. Uh, he's playing because there's a lot up for grabs. The top three players on the Australasian Tour get DP World Tour exempt status for next year, and they'll get some starts this year. So there's a lot to play for. It's a pathway for them to, to go on to bigger and better things. So um, check them all out. It's hosted by the great Jan Stevenson. Some of your listeners will remember Jan. She was one of our best three-time major champion, and uh, that's her region of the Central Coast and, and around that area. And uh, she has been one of our greats. She's the one that really put the sexy back in the wall into golf uh, for women back in the day. She got ridiculed for it, but uh, she is an absolute trailblazer. And Mick Lucy, a $7 favourite after his win in the TPS Sydney event at Bonnie Doon last week. Who are we betting on here, Gowie? Oh, Justin Warren for me. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy from Sydney uh, who has sort of fallen over a couple of times, um, leading in the last couple of weeks. But you know that's what it takes, you know, to be able to to realise what you've done wrong there. I think uh, he's going to have a massive year. He's got better and better, at Justin, under the the guidance of Gary Barter at uh, the Australian Golf Club. He's got Matt Jones, you name it. He's got everybody on his books, and uh, I think he's ready to win. And there's a guy way out there called. Blake Proverbs, he's from Queensland, young guy, third year on tour. He's at $101. I thought he was massive over, so I've had a little bit of something on him each way. Honda Classic, PGA Tour in Florida. Who do we like there? Yeah, well, this is a good event to watch if you want to see guys get upset because this is a really, really hard golf course. The, the last four holes is the bear trap and people hit it in the water and they throw up on themselves and they <laughs> just it's hard to get it into the house uh, sometimes. Uh, Matt Jones won this about three or four years ago and played as good as anybody down the stretch. Uh, I've got this sort of back to front. We've got eight Aussies in here. Jeff Ogilvie's the, probably the, the guy that doesn't normally play, and he's starting to play a few more events, but he's, he's got to start this week. Uh, I like Harris English at $34, played well last week. Sort of, He's just creeping up the leaderboard every week. He's, he's at 34 And then I've got Denny McCarthy. He's only at 26 bucks. This guy's got a short game. From heaven, it's ridiculous how good at short game. I think that's what's going to take. He's only at twenty six dollars, so I've got him back to front. But uh, he's had a third here at Honda, so that's why I had to had to put him in there somewhere. But a bunch of good players are all playing. Shane Lowry was the unlucky one here last year. It was leading with a capital play, and then a downpour came along, and uh, he couldn't get into the house. So Sepp Stracker won that uh, in the last year. But it's a good event to watch. It's Jack's event, and uh, it's a tough golf course. Good on you, Gowie. Thanks so much. Thanks, fellas. The North Queensland Cowboys for season 2023. We're going to preview now. And, uh, well, last year they were the surprise packet of the NRL, finishing third. 17 wins they had, seven losses. And they beat Cronulla in that memorable 
semi-final uh, in extra time, 32-30 to 30 at Shark Park in week one, which gave them a week off. And then in, uh, well, a tense preliminary final at home, uh, devastation for the Cowboys as they lost 24-20 to 20 to Parramatta and just fall short of the grand final. Uh, now, their gains and losses for this season, gains, James Tarmo is back at the club from the Tigers, and Jack Gusevsky comes from St. George Illawarra. Amongst the losses are Tom Gilbert and Hemiso Tabuai Fado, who have gone to the Dolphins. The market with Tab has them at uh, fourth on the fourth line of betting, $12 to win the premiership, $6 to make the grand final, $11 to win the minor premiership, $2.60 to make the top four, $1.40 for the eight or $2.80 uh, to miss the top eight. Their over-under season win total is 14 and a half. This is a team that won 17 matches last year. Gee, I'm taking the over there. I can't see them going too far backwards, Laws. In fact, I'm going to go out as far to say, I reckon they can win the premiership. I'm not, I don't know if I've got them to win the premiership, mm. but... I can understand where you're coming from. I certainly underestimated them last a, year. I did forward pack. Yeah, I didn't have them in my eight. I won't make that mistake this year. Oh. They'll definitely be in the eight. The thing that I liked about the Cowboys last year, and I want to give their coaching staff a big rap, Todd Payton and Dean Young, they got the best out of their players. They played to their best of their ability. And if you do that, you'll give yourself an opportunity to win games of football. If I had one question mark about the Cowboys team, can Chad Townsend play as well as he did last year? Can Tom Dearden keep improving the way he did last year? Can Drinkwater produce the magic he did last year? You've got to remember, Drinkwater didn't start the season as fullback. Mm. Hemiso, Tabby Wifedow did. And then he got injured and Drinkwater got an opportunity and grabbed it with both hands and established himself as one of the more exciting young players in the game. They got a lot out of Peter Hicker. Valentine Holmes had a career-best season. Um, you know, their forwards, Taumalolo rediscovered himself. He started to play well again. So he's the barometer of how this team operates because the previous season when he was injured, didn't play a lot of game time, there was talk about him being off with the coach, that affected their whole rhythm. But with him playing the way he did last year, it allowed the likes of Nenai to thrive. Ruben Cotter got an opportunity and he took his game to another level. Jordan McLean rediscovered his best form. And we hadn't seen that for a long time. Uh, Reese Robson um, announced himself on the scene as a representative type player that would handle playing at the highest level. They've got depth. They're playing at home up there in North Queensland, which is such an advantage with the heat. So I can't see them not making finals this year. And I'll probably have them in my top four again. Top four, Cowboys. So that is $2.60. And uh, for your over, well, set it over 14 and a half wins at $1.75, that's, uh, that's in my multis. Yeah, well, you, I, I can't see them going backwards. Or too far backwards. Too far least. backwards. Yeah. They finished second, no, third. Third. Third last year. Went to Cronulla for yeah. the 2v3 So, game. so I, th- mm. I think they're going to be in a lot better shape because they've had two years under Todd Payton now. They've had that year where they all brought in and they saw the success and they were one game away from making a grand final. So that would be driving them this season. Um, they'll all be better for it, you would think. Um, 
they've still got you know guys like Leilua possibly to come back in, Hill and Lukey. Uh, so they've got some strength and depth in their forward pack. They haven't lost too many players of note, which are going to knock them around. So I think I think the Cowboys will be there or thereabouts again.